Hey, everybody, and welcome to already episode four of the Chasing Grand Champ podcast. As always, my name is Tom, the lovable host of the podcast. And today I am very excited to have what I would consider one of the most unique and interesting voices in the Rocket League community right now. He is a caster for all kinds of events, uh, many of which he just told me and I can't remember, but it's not important because we are talking about playing Rocket League and he also does RLRS. Stacks, thank you so much for coming to join me. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm uh, really, really excited to uh, get to talk to you about this. I, you asked me a while back, like, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. You want to be on it? And nobody's really asked me to be on podcasts before. Like, uh, I, I was on a show with Daz. I was on a show with Vaudible. But those were all kind of video things. And I like podcasts. I listen to them all the time. So excited to be actually on one. Yeah, well, I am super happy to have you. Uh, I think it will be interesting to see where it goes and and kind of where the conversation takes us. Uh, so let's just hop into it. Uh, tell me about how you found the game of Rocket League. Uh, it's about the same boring story a lot of people who have been playing this game for a few years have probably told. I found it when it was uh, free for a month on PlayStation Plus wasn't really going to get it i wasn't religiously downloading the free game of the month at the time so i saw some friends they were posting some screenshots and raving about it and i was like yeah okay it looks fine but it's whatever it's not it doesn't look like it's my kind of game reluctantly downloaded it at the end of the month and started playing it and decided uh well hey little do i know this is actually my kind of game uh Played a lot of uh, played a lot of offline mode actually this season four v four, and just played goalie because it was what I did in like FIFA and uh, uh, NHL. Wait, four v four offline? Yeah, the, the like with bots. Mode. Yeah, I, I had my I had my boy. <laughs> we were the Sea Dogs. It was uh, Stinger, Sundown, and Merlin. Ride or die for life with those three. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, that is the best origin story I've heard so far. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. We, it, it took me probably two weeks of playing before, because I didn't really pay attention in the tutorial. So it took me about two weeks of actually playing this game before I realized, oh, if you angle your car upwards and boost, you can fly. And that blew my mind. Oh, amen. Amen. So, and, and boy, did those bots carry me too! Holy cow! I I tell you what, like for the longest time, I can beat them now. But the the bots were not like when you are just starting out. The bots are good competition. They are. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I did one season mode where like we got to the championship game and we were down like uh, I say we like, like there's anybody other than me. <laughs> No, we, we were down like uh, four goals in the final minute. And then I just decided, okay, well, I'm going to stay back now and let the bots play. And sure enough, we scored five goals in the final minute and won the championship. I'm like, all right, this game is fun. As long as I don't actually play it. As long as you are just watching. Yes. And staying out of the way. 
yeah, go figure. Me, the caster, enjoys the game more when he gets to watch rather than play. After you got better at the four on four, like what was the progression from there? You're playing four on four, you learn about boosting and aerials. Like, did you try doing, uh, what's it called? Like impossible, not impossible, but unfair mode. Like, did you go into that or what oh, was the progression oh, yeah. after that? Yeah. I mean, I, I would play some of the one V two, one V three, uh, unfair modes. And, but like after playing on the, uh, after playing the four V four a lot, I finally decided, okay, I guess I could finally play online. I probably like they had the level up system. I probably got to like level 10 or 15 before I actually played my first online game. And then when I finally started playing online, it was, uh, I can't remember if solo standard was even a thing at the time. I don't think it was. That was just, it was just standard. Yeah, it was just standard. So you know, I would play that and, you know, I was one of those guys that would get annoyed. Like, ah, oh, they're a three stack. Of course they're winning. Like, so I'd, it's probably like 1% my fault that solo standard exists in the first place. I'm sorry, everybody. I mean, I, as a, I do a lot of solo queuing and even I still play just standard. Yeah. Like I barely even touch solo standard. It, it took me the longest time actually to get away from solo standard because when I looked at solo standard, when it finally came out, I thought, well, well, this is, this is perfect. Everybody's on a level playing field. You can't queue up with a teammate. So everybody's got the same lack of communication. And as long as you turn the voice chat off, which you should, even if you're solo queuing regular ranked, uh, you don't have to listen to anybody. So yeah, great. But over time, it became very, very apparent that if you wanted a quality Rocket League experience, with all due respect to my friends at Psionics, solo standard is not the way to go. Yeah, it's it's a very different world for sure. So let's let's go back before we get into uh, too much. How many hours do you have in the game right now? I have. Oh, I just looked at this too. I, I think it's twenty seven hundred on PC, and if you add, I don't know. I probably played. 500 or so on ps1 no probably more than 500 well 500 is probably a pretty good estimate on ps4 so all told there's probably about 3,000 hours and do you feel like those 3,000 hours how many productive hours would you say that you've had in rocket league because the first probably 1200 of mine are were just mindless trying to hit the ball and not really like putting in a conscientious effort to get good at the game. Uh, based on uh, how I played my placements uh, recently, uh, probably five. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say, I mean, a, a decent chunk of them, you know, like in the several hundred, have probably been spent casting. Yeah, uh, getting started on PC wasn't all that productive. I don't really feel like I got that much better at the game. I don't know, maybe, maybe a thousand overall have been like really, really productive, and not really until recently have I started 
feeling like I'm significantly improving at the game. And what is your, what is your rank right now? Like, where would you say that you land if you had to, you know, dead to rights where you truly belong? Cause obviously sometimes you're up, sometimes you're a little <laughs> bit down. Like what's uh, your, what's your median? Yeah. Like I think on an average day I am high champ one right now. I am in low diamond three granted, you know, it's the new season. But, sure. You know, I, I finished the season, I think, high diamond three. Okay. And, uh, but at one point I was, you know, at like 1490 uh, last season. Oh. And then I ran into the U Texas guys and Jawiwi just dribbled circles around me. So ever since that day, I just, I hate the University of Texas guys with a burning passion. That's fair. And I never, I never got anywhere close after that. That started my free fall back down into champ two champ one i was almost diamond two at one point i i almost snuck down into diamond two my my peak has been champ two and i got down to like div one or div two in diamond three a couple times this past season before i got my head back on straight yeah it, it's amazing how fast you can go up and down and I've actually found, like, I have to solo queue. Anytime I queue up with friends, often they are better than me at the game. But if things start going badly, I don't have it in me to just tell them, hey, this isn't working. Let's stop because I am still playing with friends. So, you know, it will probably be my fault that we're losing. But if I were solo queuing, I would be winning more often it's just a, a clash of play styles really and unfortunately most of my friends have this play style where they need me to actually hit the ball and most solo queue teammates don't trust me to hit the ball so they rotate in behind me and bail me out huh so do you feel you know this is this is an interesting point do you feel like you're a little bit more self-conscious when you're playing with friends than solo queuing? Oh, definitely. Because like, I know how good, like when I'm playing with Dazarin, you know, he and I will meme until the end of time about how I don't rotate or how I don't hit the ball or I don't do this and that thing. And, uh, and we'll give each other a ton of crap the whole time. But you know, I do recognize that I am playing with somebody who is grand champ caliber. Uh -huh. And I, I have, my perception of what his expectations are of me and i mm -hmm. know i'm not hitting them and so then either this actually happens or it doesn't but i have the sense that he's not trusting me and so then i just kind of uh defer to him on almost everything and yeah. then that just messes up all the rotations and everything and the same thing happens with uh you know if i'm playing with like alstedo or somebody else guys who are legitimately a higher rank than me and that's why when I solo queue, it's like, okay, we're all mostly on a level playing field as long as the other team doesn't have a champ two carrying a platinum one. Do you feel that they actually have the expectation that you're going to screw up or is that something that you're just creating for yourself? I like to think they give me the benefit of the doubt when we start playing, but you can only, you can only whiff so many times before everybody else in the lobby goes, yeah, he doesn't have this. I'm going back. Sure. 
So where would you say you are with the game of Rocket League? Do you, do you think that you are purposefully uh, making efforts to get better right now? Or like you, like Achieves last week, oh, two weeks ago, said that he, he basically practices like in-game. He wants to get better, but he's not like actively going into free play to get better at the game. So do you spend time in free play? Are you actively trying to get better? Do you practice? Or you just are where you are, and then if you get better, that's great. Um, I, I do spend a little bit of time in free play, but really only in between games when you're just queuing up for the next one the i found that the the training in rocket league is good for some things but not necessarily the things that i have issues with like reading how a ball is going to come off the wall trying to play with your back towards uh the ball and all that and uh, basically trying to control your car while you're facing the camera Mm -hmm. And, um, just a lot of the wall physics still really throw me off. And sure. I have seen that there are some, uh, I think there's Baka's mod that has a, a much improved, um, training or free play style, but I don't want to download those onto my computer because God knows it would probably only lag me and it would just mm. be more of a detriment than anything else. So it's kind of a catch 22, but, uh, you know, when I, when I go into free play, one of the main things I do is I just drive around on the wall and screw around there and try to get some familiarity with the physics and how the car is going to come off and try to figure out how to play well above the ground, because that is by far my biggest weakness. So that's that's kind of your focus right now in terms of an opportunity for improvement, you know, focusing on being able to play on and off the wall better. Oh, definitely, because like I, you know, I'll I'll go along the uh, where the wall curves around or curves upward or downward, and I just don't have the presence of mind to know exactly what my car is going to do when I'm coming off the wall. Uh, you know, if, if it's going to just spin in place or if it's, if I dodge a certain way, if it's just going to shoot me out towards midfield. So that's the, uh, especially like the back wall where the ball's coming in. I can never time that up. I couldn't time it up if my life depended on it. Just getting that big booming clear downfield. Sure. So like, the way that I imagine that in my head, and you mean on the defensive side of the ball? Oh, oh yeah, or, yeah, yeah. On the defensive yeah. side, okay. we're trying to time it so that the ball just screams downfield. You know, the one thing Cuxer hates when you can score from the other end of the field. Yeah, I I imagine that as the same kind of thing as like trying to time a power hit when it bounces and then you immediately smack it the other direction, and the timing on that is is so intricate. I can get it every now and then, but it's by no means consistent for me. So I, I definitely know what you're talking about there. Yeah. And and then when you try the, uh, the training packs, it's like you're starting from a stationary position and it just doesn't feel natural because at no point when you play Rocket League are you stationary except when you're waiting on the kickoff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's not really any, well, 
I don't know if there's anything in Bacchus mod, you might be able to adjust things a little bit to make it do that, but there's not necessarily anything that I know of that can put off a shot like that, that right. you can practice kind of from a moving position. Yeah. There, I saw in, in free play, somebody, I think I was watching Reddle's stream once and I, I don't know if he was using Bacchus. I never asked him, but I was watching, you know, the ball was just kind of getting sent in random directions. Like, some like somebody was passing to him mm -hmm. but it was you know it was all in free play there was no other car there so i don't know right. what it was but i just assumed it was Baka's mod because yeah that mod in particular has always been kind of five steps ahead of what the community wants yeah that's kind of the go-to place for yeah. mods or, or nicer things that you can use in free play there is a passing function in Baka's mod that is extremely helpful and nice to use uh, I mean, I, I love using Bacchus mod in free play. I strongly recommend that uh, just to make things go a little bit faster and getting the ball back on your car and think, especially if you're working on ball control. I mean, it, it makes a huge difference just saving you those couple seconds every now and then. So you mentioned a little bit earlier uh, something about rotations and, and things of that nature. And me personally being uh in diamond three diamond two range in twos i feel i could be confidently in diamond three if i didn't make so many stupid rotational decisions and and i just make bad decisions in twos uh especially when i get a little bit tilted uh and then champ one champ two and threes so how would how would you say like your rotational game is your game sense or like, do you feel like you're lacking in that area? Cause I, I heard that you mentioned rotation a little bit as well, or is that just when you play with people that are better than you? It's when I play with people that are better than me. Cause I feel like I've got to speed up and sometimes you just kind of think, well, okay, I've got to turn now because I can't go all the way back and get this boost pad and still be up where they're going to pass it to me. And uh, you just kind of start uh, trying to think a little too fast and moving too fast. And that's, I think that's when I get in the most trouble. Like when I solo queue, I play very, very defensively. And you, know, you, you get to the point sometimes where people are spamming, take the shot. And I'm three quarters of the way back because I see two people up. I haven't seen them rotate back. I don't trust them the same way I envision my friends playing with me don't trust me. So uh, trust is, uh, it is very hard to come by and very hard to earn, I think, in ranked, at least when I'm playing. Do you do you feel like that is to your detriment, though? Oh, Like not, not trusting your teammates? Oh, no question. Uh, it's, it's one of those things like when you, when you put your hand on a stove and you find out, oh, it's hot. Yeah, that sucks. And then somebody comes along and tells you, hey, the stove is off. It's not hot anymore. So you put your hand on it, but it's still on and they got you. Uh, then you just don't trust them again. So, you know, you watch a guy go up for a basic aerial, miss 30 seconds into the game. That, I think, it, it's tough for that not to shape your opinion of that player. Whether they're good or bad or, or not, uh, they could be having a bad day, but they've only got four minutes to figure it out. 
and more likely another 15 seconds to figure it out because the ball is probably going to be going back their way really quickly. So do you usually give teammates you, is it like a one strike and you're out kind of thing, or do you go into games just expecting the worst? Uh, not really one strike, but I mean, I, I tend to give them a little bit of rope, but after a few misses, it's like, okay, I need to stay back because I don't know that this guy's actually going to set this ball where I think it's going or where I think it should go. And probably like watching the level of Rocket League that I get to see on a regular basis, I think that hurts as well because I see something like uh, watching teams like RBG play at, uh, at the World Gaming event that I was at. And then I come home and I'm playing back at my actual rank and it is night and day. Yeah. Do you feel like that? So that's actually something that I wanted to ask you. Do you feel like watching so much professional Rocket League is is a detriment to you as a player in your rank? To some extent, it is. But I, I think more mentally, it's that I'm conscious of right there with Wavepunk actually being the lowest ranked casters and and i don't know what wave is now but i know for the longest time like when i was at uh the back when they had like superstar shooting star and all of that wave and i were basically at the same rank Mm -hmm. and i think we're both diamond now but i'm not sure i haven't seen him play in a while uh but it's something that i am definitely conscious of because every week when i go do rival series there's you know there's squid getting his makeup done with that little keyboard that it's a wireless keyboard that we had to uh, set up lobby info and he's just freestyling on the keyboard while Mo is putting his makeup on. And I'm just like, yeah, I, um, I hit a double touch once. That was fun. So he's a keyboard and mouse player. He's a keyboard and mouse guy. He is, he is bizarre. Huh? I feel like, it's starting to get a little bit more prominent, the keyboard and mouse players. Oh, it definitely is. And, uh, well, I, I don't think more people are doing it. I think that just uh, more of the players that do play keyboard and mouse are catching up to everybody else. And we're seeing them just more prominently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think... Who was it? I think it was Leaf who was explaining that, uh, you know, there are some mechanics, uh, I think, like half flipping where, you know, almost keyboard and mouse is, it feels unfair because it's actually a much easier motion on a keyboard than it is with Mm -hmm. a controller. Yeah, I feel like there are definitely some of those more intricate. It's, It's funny because something like that, I feel would almost be a little bit easier. But then some things just seem like they would be a little more complicated because they're at least for me you don't get the intricacy of being able to hold a stick just a little bit left as opposed to all the way left yep you know it's either down or up with a key bar as far as i know there are no like pressure sensitive keyboards out there are there that would be like a benefit in rocket league if there are i don't know of them yeah 
I will say this about keyboard though, the idea that you can have all of the different buttons spread out of, around multiple keys because you have use of your entire hand and you know a, a mouse that can have lots of different buttons on it, I think is a huge advantage for a keyboard and mouse player to have a little bit more intricate keys because I use almost every button on the controller um, for, for various things. And I, well, I guess, I guess I should say it this way. I use all of my fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause obviously you use all the buttons, but I use all of my fingers. So many different things are mapped to different fingers as opposed to like using my thumb for three different things. I, I don't use all the buttons. Uh, square and circle do not get used. Like, I play on a PS4 controller, and I do not use those buttons. Um, yeah, I've got uh, power slide and air roll on L1 and yep. boost on R1. Same. And, and, and then, not a lot of people do that. Yeah. Uh, somebody just recently said they started doing that. I almost think it was Scrub Killer, but I, I would have to go look. And don't have time to do that right now but i know somebody recently said they went to uh using r1 and l1 a lot more and uh i can't remember when i started it was years ago that i started doing it and i know i did it because one of the pros at the time was doing it and uh it just felt a whole lot better because just with my my thumb i'm not very coordinated in the first place but especially with like my right thumb it just if i only have to press x perfect if i have to start yeah. moving it around like if i were pressing square a bunch i'd probably accidentally press x and yep that's just a disaster waiting to happen so then do you have ball cam on triangle i do have ball cam on triangle and okay. very rarely switch off it uh basically except when I'm obviously when I'm dribbling or just when I need to look around because I, I found that the swivel of the camera going for ball cam or not is in some cases better than trying to use the right stick to look around. Sure. So I use square for ball cam and then triangle is air roll right for me as well. And I use that for half flips. Okay. So I so I don't have to push all the extra buttons. Yeah, I I cannot half flip on a PS4. I can't I can't half flip very well on a PS4 controller. Uh, I had an Xbox One controller that I could half flip almost flawlessly with, and I was actually probably playing a lot better with it. But the problem is, the A button when I would press it would kind of double tap at times. Yeah. And so, you know, it was great for playing like golf games where you've got to go straight down and straight up to make a golf swing or something like that, but mm -hmm. uh, terrible for any other games where you have to use, you know, any other button. Yeah, this might be a my first controversial or uh, big, big statement here on Chasing Grand Champ podcast, but I've used PlayStation 4 controllers and Xbox controllers and I, I would, without a doubt, say that I've much more enjoyed a PlayStation controller than the Xbox controller. Now, I will say that my hands are quite large, and I know that uh, the thumbstick is a little bit uncomfortable on the left side, the left location for some people. 
but that doesn't really bother me at all. I, I much more enjoy a PlayStation controller than I do the Xbox controller. Yeah, and it has actually always been easier for me to hold the, the PS4 controller. I'm, I'm very much the same way. Um, there are people that use, and this blew my mind, and I, I knew that some had used a PS3 controller, but I never really thought that many did until I went to the World Championship in New Jersey, and one of the Triple Trouble guys, I, I can't remember which one, but after one of the matches, they're all going for photos and they're all handing their controllers over the uh, the wall to whoever. I happened to be standing there, so they just all handed them to me. And I think it was Ronicky, maybe, who's using a PS3 controller. And I just remember looking at him going, you're weird. What is this? Is there that much difference in like size or structure between PS4 no, not, and PS3? Not really. Not really. Okay. I actually think a PS3 controller might be a little smaller, but yeah. Uh, no, it, it's about the same thing. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, oh, I, well, I think it has to do with uh, maybe like the dead zone might be a little different, but uh, uh, there's enough technology out there now that I think you could just kind of rig it up however you want. Sure. Hmm. I mean, People and their, especially pros, like I know that I'm definitely not there, but I think the intricacies and with how much of a feel game this is, like when you know what you like, you are very hesitant to switch off of it. So I could understand how somebody getting really comfortable with a PlayStation 3 controller would be very hesitant to move otherwise. Yeah, uh, the Smash community. Actually, well, I don't know if it's Smash or if it's just fighting games in general, but I know for a while, at least I heard that you know people would show up with controllers that were broken in some way or another because it helped them with wave dashing in Melee. Or, uh, yeah, I think Melee. And uh, that was just mind-blowing to me because it, it feels like you're almost cheating but it was well within the rules to do it and now i see how far we've come with customizing controllers and uh you know it wouldn't surprise me for too long if some of these players that get really popular and, and really famous start having uh companies specifically make controllers for that player based yeah. on a certain feel actually Tuxer uh -huh. might have something like that with uh, one of the companies that sponsors him. He has individual sponsors? Uh, yeah, I think it was... Um, shoot, who was it? Uh, it? It was part of... Uh, I think part of Hector's interview uh, with Dazrin once where I, oh, I think okay. he said uh, he had a very specific controller. But I, uh, I could be wrong. I could just be misremembering things. I think he, he uses... Oh gosh, what's that? What's the gaming company? Oh, uh, it was a kaiju. So it's Razer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I knew that he used that controller. Uh, so let's go back to the game a little bit. If you if you were to say, you know, the one thing that you could do right now to really take your game to the next level, what what do you think that would be? Like, what would you start really focusing in on, uh, like, tomorrow if you knew I, I want to get to Champ 2, Champ 3 solidly? 
definitely working on my reaction speed and just recognizing when I have a chance to make an extra play on the ball. Uh, there'll be so many times where like, I'll come off the wall, I'll hit, yeah, I'll make a clear off to the side and I'll, if I'm paying attention, I'll have a chance to maybe get a second touch, throw the ball all the way downfield to the corner or play it somewhere else. It's really useful, but I don't recognize it until it's too late. And then I try to compensate for it and waste all that boost to ultimately come up empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. If I could be a lot more consistent with double touches or even triple, you know, going real next level at that point for me, uh, then I, I think I would hit champ two, champ three very consistently and stay there at least. So when you say double touches, do you mean specifically like hitting the ball? Well, I'll, I'll just ask you, what do you mean specifically when okay. you say double touches? Uh, mostly off the backboard, but okay. um, also throwing off the side, making that indirect pass back to myself or just making an indirect pass to a teammate, just having better field awareness to realize you know, how much more I can actually do on and off the ball. Uh, that would be huge for me, but... It's something that is, I found very difficult to practice consistently. So where do you land? I know uh, for a while, maybe two, three, four months ago, there was a a big conversation uh, on Twitter and online, and a lot of people were making videos about it, about the importance or the difference of importance between mechanics and, and game sense. Like a lot of people thought that game sense was a higher priority or more important, uh, but there were some people that thought mechanics were better or more important. Where where do you land in that, or what are what are your thoughts on the importance or the difference between those two? So mechanics allow you to score more often, which is great. They they do play a role on the defensive end, but game sense is where you know. Uh, a vast majority of your defensive sense comes from. And I've always been a very firm believer, whether it's any sport or esport, you can score a million goals, but if you give up a million and one, it's just another L. So I, I've always felt like putting a, a major emphasis on field sense and, uh, awareness is a lot more important than being able to hit a double tap, getting a flip reset, hitting a ceiling shot and all of that. So uh, I'm definitely in, I am definitely on team field awareness and game sense rather than mechanics. So then in terms of your game, which, which would you say is stronger? Like if you just had to like look at both of them side by side, oh, which of those two would you say is better? Oh, it's not even close. It's my game sense, uh, you know, awareness of what's going on around the field. Uh, I, I have a pretty good idea where my teammates are, or at least where they should be, and over time where they actually are. And so that helps a lot, but I do tend to play more defensive, so I am 
very often looking forward at them as they are, you know, midway or all the way downfield. So this is this is something that I I think about or I have been thinking about not a lot but reason like reasonably consistently because obviously well at the time of this recording season 12 just started today and me and a couple of my friends just last night were finishing up my friends rewards so i would say i think if they really wanted to they could both be grand champ and i am champ too like maybe if i wasn't such a dummy all the time on the field i could maybe hit champ three now i don't know i've never really pushed through champ two again but i found myself very consistently on on the defensive side of the field that third man back position um and i've been thinking about whether it's because uh they just play a little bit more aggressively and then i kind of allow that to happen or i'm playing a little bit slower but i feel as if my mechanics are in such a place that i could i can keep up with the game much more so than i used to be able to at least so when you when you say you're usually looking forward is is do you do you think that's because your mechanics are lacking or you just like to quote unquote play defensively or do you play defensively because you know your mechanics are lacking? Like where, where do you think that defensive play falls into like where your skills land? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I, I play very defensively because my mechanics are not nearly what I envision they should be for a low mid or really any kind of uh, champ player. And especially if I see somebody who can hit the ball consistently and can hit, you know, a high angle ceiling shot, I'm going to throw the ball up at them. I'm going to get the heck out of the way. And if there's a rebound, great. But if it looks like there's going to be a clear downfield, if if there's even like a 10% chance that the ball is going to be screaming the other way, I'm supersonic all the way back. Yeah. Because I, I, there's one thing that I, I really hate, and it's giving up empty net goals. Sure. And by association, I despise kickoff goals. So more often than not, I'm the guy that stays home on the kickoff. Or if there are two of us forward and I notice one guy going off for boost, I cut in towards the net to make sure, you know, if they cheat, they don't get a free shot on an open net. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that mentality keeps you from winning games? I don't think that mentality does. I, I think just missing the ball in key situations uh, keeps me from winning a lot of games. Uh, there there have been times where I've stayed back a little too long and just kind of let a, a guy dribble in and just, you know, I'm dead to rights by the time I decide to actually make the challenge. Sure. But not nearly as often as one might think. So, so I don't think that it's not really hesitance. It's more uh, just trying to put myself in a position where 
if we give up a goal, yeah, it's my fault. And I know I can, I can kind of deal with that pressure, even if I know it makes my teammates hate me for it. It's a conscious decision to yeah. play more defensively. Yeah. Like I, I would always, uh, in League of Legends, I would, you, know, you talk about uh, passive play. In League of Legends, I always always play support. You know, I was, I was a Janna main when I played League of Legends. And so I'm used to being blamed for losses, whether or not it's my fault. Sure. And so it's just something that, you know, it's pressure that I can deal with. And I don't think a lot of other players in ranked can. So I don't mind kind of being the scapegoat. Yeah. Do you feel like that mentality keeps you from improving at all like if if you're not up there going for it do you feel like you're kind of staying in the same place skill wise I, I think it does limit me to some extent because you know that's fewer opportunities in a game speed situation to practice going for different shots or trying to you know, put a pass on a dime, like uh, like a lot of pro players can. Um, so it is something that at times I have tried to, you know, like I've tried to push up more some nights and play kind of a more active role. And in most of the games where we won in my placements, I was at the top of the scoreboard because I was shooting a lot more often and by association scoring. But I, I've also kind of had in the back of my head that if if I'm at the top of the scoreboard, if I am so, the so-called best player in the lobby or best player on our team, we're in trouble. See, and I, I don't always necessarily look at the person with the most points as the best person. Oh, oh, of course person. not, right. I think one thing that I've really been trying to focus on myself is playing more within the team. I've, I've noticed in the past, and I think Achieves and I talked a little bit about the third man role. Um, and as, as a defensive player, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, but the first time that I hit champ, I was a very defensive player. I would just kind of stay in the defensive half of the field and I would only move forward if it looked like the goal was wide open, if I thought that I had a really good opportunity to score a goal or the ball was just in a good position for me to hit it or I needed to hit it. Otherwise, I would just let my teammates frolic about in the offensive side and just be ready to kind of clean up as you have also done. But then once I got to champ two, playing that same conservative game, I could not figure out how to fit myself in to any kind of rotation or team structure. And I just struggled. Like I went from being able to score a goal from time to time because people just left the goal open to barely touching the ball because everybody was bouncing around me so quickly. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's tough to make that transition to being uh, more proactive on offense and you almost have to kind of put yourself in that frame of mind when you start playing that day 
because it's tough to change that on the fly. So would you say that you are defensive in the sense that kind of like I was, I was just very like not, not going full Gibbs on it, but staying on the defensive half or do you play within the rotation of the team? and still try and play conservative. Yeah, I, I do play within the rotation of the team. If there's a guy who is if there's another guy on the team who is always staying all the way back, then I will cut rotations. You know, I'll get you know a few pennies at midfield and I'll just turn because I know if I have to wait for this person to come up, then that's giving way too much time and space to the opposition. It's it's better to have somebody there. And since it's not going to be our third guy, then it has to be me. Hmm. Okay. So then in terms of like going to the next level, you really, would you say in those rotations, you hesitate sometimes or maybe miss, is it, is it mostly like missing that causes you to, um, give up possession or give up a goal like when you are in that rotation or is it your hesitation to take a touch because you don't feel like you can get it a little bit of both i'm i'm very hesitant to kind of make a quick turn for a ball but at the same time if nobody else is going for it and i'm in the area then like if i feel like i can get there before somebody on the other team then, you know, I have to. Otherwise, we're just giving them a half or at least a third of the field all to themselves. And mm-hmm. then at that point, a good player is going to have so many options to throw it up off the backboard, which at, at our rank doesn't happen nearly enough, or right. just make a really good pass or make a really nasty flick on the net. Uh, mm-hmm. None of those things actually happen often enough at at the rank that I play at. So... You know, I, I do try to defer to others, but uh, you have those games where you miss a couple of times and you know everybody else notices and it's like, okay, kind of stop while the ball's on the other end of the field, take a big deep breath, go get corner boost, and then just put yourself in the rotation wherever and just try and reset your mind, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I've certainly had to do that a couple of times myself. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned from the first time that I went into champ and then just kind of crumbled back into diamond three, not that there's anything wrong with being in diamond. I say crumble mostly because I felt like my game was falling apart, almost like you know, sometimes when you want to make something better, you have to take it apart and it gets worse and then you can put the pieces back together. Like I've done that multiple times in the past four or five months to try and figure out how I can improve my game. Um, And part of that was really learning what it meant to play solid like team rotation Rocket League because there's a big difference between ball chasing and playing as a part of a team. Oh, definitely. And I, <laughs> I, I laugh because when I play with like Dazrin and Omer and with Jorby, uh, I do tend to, to ball chase 
because it just it feels like to keep up with them and it pains me to say that Jorby is a higher rank than me because he and I flip-flopped so much me being like three tiers higher than him uh and vice versa but uh playing playing with friends it, it does feel like I need to play faster to keep up with them and at times uh ball chase a lot and I try really really hard to avoid it in uh solo queue but at the same time it's kind of like that you know if you've ever watched little kids play soccer which i work in a rec department i get to all the time see ball i must go get ball and uh that can be something that's really tough to kind of break your mind uh it's a tough habit to break yeah i I find it really interesting. So talk a little bit more about this this concept of playing faster because it really is true that you know there's there's a speed difference in between diamond I mean in each of the ranks especially once you start getting to diamond and above like there is the aspect of speed, but when you say play faster, what do you mean specifically? Uh, it, it means being almost hyper aggressive. It, it means uh, trying to like always moving around at supersonic speed when you don't necessarily have the reaction time to do it. And and I don't think it's really an age thing. Like you know, yeah, I am thirty one, but it, it's not like. I am just, because of my age, inherently slower than everybody else because, you know, Subi is older than me and he's a grand champ. So it's more that... Um, yeah, I wouldn't say this This is by no means like a Twitch right, game. Right, exactly. So it's, it's more though just knowing what your reaction speed actually is and knowing... Uh, how quickly you can adjust even after you go up in the air because the best players even after they go up they can change things on the fly and that's not something that I do particularly well but at times when I'm trying to play hyper aggressively I play like I can make those adjustments and then of course I get myself stuck in a whole heap of trouble I'm going splat against the backboard on the offensive end and the ball is now it's a three V two on the other side in front of our net. Yeah. I've definitely been in that spot multiple times. And by that spot, I mean contemplating the idea of just needing to play faster. And I have other friends that, you know, are in the diamond rank and will just, oh, I, need, I just need to play faster. I just need to go faster. But really, like what kind of unlocked for me, especially with playing with my friends that are better than me uh, and the idea of playing faster, I was, I was a little mistaken in my mindset about it. And I'd be curious to know your, how you feel about this or your thoughts on it. Like I was playing faster and going supersonic and boosting, you know, all out, but I was still like chasing after where the ball is as opposed to doing my best to go where the ball is going to be next. 
Like I, I honestly think that if a diamond one platinum player, any, anybody in diamond, if, if you feel like you need to play faster, I would say before you start thinking about quote unquote faster, start thinking about, I'm going to be where the ball is going to be next, as opposed to just like playing fast, because you look 10 times faster if you're where the ball is coming as opposed to where the ball was. One thing I would recommend to a lot of players that are trying to get better at Rocket League is go to a hockey game and go to a lot of them and and watch the players because they aren't always flying to the person who's got the puck. They're flying to a certain spot on the field where a shot's going to be going through so they can get their body in front because they're crazy and just psychotic and block it with their body. And uh, I felt actually that, uh, you know, watching a lot of hockey like I've been able to do recently at UMaine has has helped a little bit with that because um, it has helped my positioning in that I am chasing after the ball a little bit less and looking at what is my opponent trying to do and how do I stop them from doing it? And Mm -hmm. more often than not, the answer is, okay, they're trying to cut this and get a shot on net. I need to just train myself to pick a spot, you know, maybe four or five car links up in the air and hit that spot at this time because that's where the shot's going to be. And a few times, you know, it's not quite pre-jumping, but it has worked out. Yeah, I think uh, building a skill of anticipation and learning kind of the flow of the game of Rocket League will allow you allow oneself to play faster or you get that quote unquote speed or that playing faster from understanding how the game flows as opposed to just like chasing after the ball really fast. There's and it's, it's such a subtle shift in how you look at the game, but it makes a huge difference because honestly, once I started thinking about rocket league that way, it's not necessarily that I was playing any faster or using more boost or being more in supersonic, but the game slowed down for me because I was thinking, okay, the ball's here. My opponent's there. My teammates there. I think the ball's going to be here. And then when the ball was there, I was ready for it. And I wasn't playing fast. I was just where the evolution of the game was as opposed to like, here's an example. I was playing with this random guy. We decided to party up after he destroyed me in a ones game. Uh, And we were playing together in twos. um, And he was clearly mechanically better than me. But he was ranked diamond one in twos and I was diamond two. And there were at least two or three times where I was taking the ball up the side of the field and getting to our offensive corner. Let's say I was in the left offensive corner working on trying to center the ball. And I might have hit the ball weakly to the center or somewhere in that general direction. And then I turn around to rotate back and he's right there behind me. Like, so... And and then he has to turn around because the defense is right there. And then both of us are just kind of rotating back. 
where he might have had to rotate back anyways because the ball wasn't going to make it to the center. But if he was at least in the center, he would have had a quick opportunity to take a shot as opposed to, like, if I were successful in getting center, having to rush to the middle. And just that little change in anticipating or being in where the play is evolving to can make you feel like a faster Rocket League player as opposed to being in a more conservative or I don't want to say hesitant. I don't want to say conservative. I don't want to say defensive, but I would almost look at that like ball chasey or just like staring at the ball as opposed to like where the ball is going to be next. Well, you, you look at uh, pro players in particular, uh, like Fireburner always has a reputation for winning every single challenge. So 50-50s become 90-10s with him. And I think there is something to that in that, uh, you know, some players really excel in one particular area. And a lot of it is reading your opponent, reading the play and being able to adjust on the fly. And you have enough experience doing that. It makes a significant difference. Like I, I look at, uh, you know, sometimes in hockey where, you know, the puck's along the, the wall and you got two or three players in there just jabbing at it with their sticks trying to get it out. How many times does that happen in Rocket League? We've got a ball in the corner. You might have three cars in the corner just trying to get the ball out of the corner, get the ball either towards the net or out along the side. That's one of my favorite things to do on either end of the field because all I really have to do is focus on just this one car coming in and you know i can watch exactly what they do i've seen it a million times so you can kind of cheat a little bit and if you can win that little battle in the corner it makes such a huge difference because you've taken somebody out of the play without needing a demo often you're still able to put the ball in front of the net or put it wherever you want to and it feels like even though you're moving at a glacial pace there, almost stationary at times, that you are significantly faster than your opponent because you got them going the wrong way. So, yeah. uh, you know, momentum is huge in in Rocket League. And shout out to Silent Echo, who, uh, you know, we, we've talked uh, quite a bit on, on Discord in one of the servers we're in about you know, resources, and, and he looks at momentum as a resource, the, the coach for Ghost Gaming, for those who don't know. And, it you know, the more you think about it, the more it actually does make a ton of sense. If you can oh, yeah. manage your momentum, then it does add to your pace of play. It, it makes you look and feel a lot faster and smarter. And to that same point, if you allow and and again to go back to your hockey 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 <laughs> references it's the same so often you will see a hockey player that has the puck in front of his entire team and will pass it over to the left as they go into their offensive third of somebody that is moving much faster because they have a lot it's it's more intimidating they have more power behind themselves and, and there's more opportunity there and it's the same in Rocket League. If you are slowly coming towards the ball or the ball is trickling, you know, maybe to the side and you think you want to turn on that ball, 
you're killing all your momentum and starting from nothing where you might have a teammate that's coming forward. You know, if, if you really pay attention and kind of internalize where your teammates are, they're going to have a lot more opportunity to dribble or a power shot or take the ball up the wall. There's so many different things that they can do than you guy, you know, putting on the brakes just so you can turn around because you want to touch the ball. And I'm, I don't want to just like throw the general rocket league population under the bus there and say like, that's what everybody does. But like, if you are headed back towards your goal and the ball is trickling towards you and you see your teammate coming up, get out of the way and yeah. let them go for it because yeah. it's, it's going to be to your benefit. Exactly. Like I, I will, I will jump, I will drive up the wall to the ceiling to try and avoid a teammate in that situation. Like I, I will do everything in my power to avoid turning for that. And maybe a year ago, I would have been the guy turning around for that ball. And, and it would just be, you know, and you'd get the whole thanks, thanks, thanks spammed at you the whole yeah. time. And, and wow, wow, wow. Yeah. And, and, and that's a miserable feeling. Like, because like in, in the moment you think, no, I need to do this. But after you do it, like the second you turn, you realize, oh my God, I am such an idiot. And then because of the hyper competitive nature at times of some ranked lobbies, your teammates going to rub it in. And, and to an, to an extent they're justified. There's a better way to do it. Probably. But it's hard to get upset with them for being mad at you doing something stupid. Oh, yeah. And this is the most fine line in Rocket League and something that (laughs) I've really uh, been working on mentally, emotionally, spiritually, is, is just allowing my teammates to play the game of rocket league with me and that's going all the way back to uh you know your your trust issues i call it i say trust issues but just like trusting your teammates and even after they like make a mistake uh and you know like oh man now i just have to accommodate for that or be ready for that whatever like i make a solid effort even in a game where my teammates make consistent mistakes uh i still allow them to play and be a part of the game and hope for the best with them because i know that in the long run over time it's going to benefit me to consistently play as part of a team than try and cut out one of my teammates or be a, be a hero or be a superhero in that specific game. Yeah. One of the things I've learned from one of the things I've taken from the world of sports being so close to it at times is when your teammate screws up, even if this is ranked solo queue and you have, you know, no real emotional attachment to your teammates, like you would on like a professional team. uh, If somebody makes a mistake, somebody else has to pick them up. You know, somebody else has to not necessarily compensate for it, but just, uh, you know, when, when the shortstop boots a ball, uh, you know, makes a routine error and, uh, now you get a guy on base, 
you know, it's everybody else's job now. Hey, we've got to get the next guy. We've got to make the next play. And mm-hmm. that's something that uh, has been pretty valuable for me mentally in Rocket League is just watching teammates make mistakes, knowing that they're probably frustrated with themselves, but still understanding that, okay, he screwed up. We're in a bad situation now, but being upset about it doesn't accomplish anything. Go make the next play. And that's something that I, I think even on the pro scene, people have kind of struggled with up until the last maybe year or so. And I think it's starting to trickle a little bit into ranked as well, because you're not seeing people make a mistake and then panic and make the second mistake immediately after. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I would say, and this is something that I do on a very consistent basis, and I would encourage other people to try it because honestly, like not only does it help your team, it, it feels good to do it. Like when somebody makes a mistake, whether you get scored on or something happens, like say something in team chat or even normal chat, like, Hey man, it's cool. Like mistakes happen. Let's just keep playing from here. Like if you give up one goal, a goal is easy to get back in a game of rocket league. Like let's keep playing. That's in the past. We got this like be try being an, encouraging to your teammates because especially don't like if you flame people on a consistent basis try going the other direction have some empathy have some compassion i know that i'm not perfect even pros make mistakes you're (laughs) gonna make a mistake yeah you're gonna make a mistake listener out there of this podcast you are going to make a mistake sometime Think about how you would want to be treated. Do you want somebody to insult you and berate you and make you feel bad about yourself? Or how good would it feel if your teammate came at you in team chat and was like, hey man, it's totally cool that you did that. We're going to get that back. It's cool. Let's get this. Like it's it's just such a big change and it's such a mentality shift. And it, I just, I've said it like three times, but it just feels so much better to like actually for that five minutes, take somebody on like as your teammate 100% and be like, we got this. Let's do this. No matter what happens, I got your back. What I think a lot of people should do is go back and watch uh, Savage play in the rival series and see some of the goals that they gave up. I can't think of any, any very specific ones off the top of my head, but I know multiple times during that season, I remember turning and looking at Subi or somebody and just going, what the heck was that? That is the dumbest thing I have seen. And it's them giving up a goal or just making or missing on an open net and think those guys are, well, two of them are signed by FC Barcelona and the other is signed by team solo mid. Like you don't have to be perfect to, even be good at this game. There are just some mistakes you can't afford to make and you need to be at least solid. And I I think people try to be too good, present party included. I am very guilty of this. 
people tried to play this game and be better than they are. But, you know, if you just understand, like, okay, I'm not good at this particular thing. I'm not going to keep trying to hit this wacky triple touch. It's just, it's not going to happen. I'll save that for unranked. I'm just going to throw it off the backboard and rotate out. And you'd be surprised how many more games you win doing that. And if you want to try and hit the wacky triple touch, just make sure that your teammate is not also trying to do the same thing. <laughs> yes. Because this is this is also something that I've I've tried to do or I am doing more uh, and also something that I am mentally and emotionally conscious of when I play Rocket League is if I see somebody taking the ball off the wall or, um, you know, just if they at all look like they have possession on the ground, I will always allow space for them to attempt something. Like I know I'm just diamond and not a lot of people can dribble the ball very effectively. I know that not a lot of people are hitting amazing air dribbles or ceiling shots or flip resets in diamond, but I know that they're going to try. And if I go for that, I'm doing nothing but getting in the way. So I do what Stax does, and I do assume a little bit more of a defensive position, and I've been playing a lot more twos recently, so especially in twos, like I will back off and just allow the play to develop and just make sure that it doesn't get blasted back towards our goal. I'm not pre-jumping with them to hope and kind of hit the ball or just like see the ball floating in the air and think, oh man, I need to hit that ball. Like I just let it go. And allowing them to play the game as they are wanting to play it. And then at the same time, and this is the really, it, it is frustrating to me. And at the same time, like I just, it is what it is because I have no control over my random teammates. If I'm trying to air dribble the ball and then for some reason from behind me, I see my teammate come over my shoulder and miss more often than not missing the ball. I'm like, I, I, I audibly say, oh, come on, team. What are you What are you doing? But then I don't let it frustrate me. Like, they're just, they're doing their thing and I don't have any control of it. So I just hope that I can get back fast enough that the other team doesn't score. So like, let teammates do what they're going to do. And then whatever they do, don't get angry about it. Don't get frustrated about it. Just do whatever you got to do to make sure you don't get scored on. Yeah, always, always remember that in in ranked more often than not your teammate is the same rank as you and that means that they are consistently at about your skill level and, and if you get caught up in this whole oh my god we need a hard reset because people have been carried up to these ranks that they don't deserve then you're already five steps behind everybody else because you, you're going into the game with a very negative opinion of Oof. the, in in your mind, the idiots that you got paired up with. And uh, you think that I have trouble trusting my teammates at times. Those people, 
they don't trust them right out of the gates. They assume they're playing with people that if there was a hard reset, couldn't get out of gold. And that's a huge, huge problem. And, and I will add to that, that if you're going into a game like that and, and you think you are in a good mindset to play the game of rocket league, you are 100% wrong. Yep. Like you, that, even if you feel calm and collected, like you are 100% tilted. If you open the game of rocket league and think I am going to have a bad teammate or it's my teammate's fault, you're tilted. Like you should not be playing ranked. You, unless for some reason you're all of a sudden a grand champ and can carry a game by yourself and you just know that you can do that, like you're tilted, you shouldn't be playing, it's a team game, like you you need some trust there. Let, let, and I will go, let, let me go give ahead. you a quick story on that. My first, sure, my first um placement game, okay, of the new season, right? We get scored on probably a minute and a half into the game i can't remember exactly guy guy asked me are you ever gonna play defense stacks <laughs> like okay i see you. I do you pl- do you play with your analyst tag on I, I do i do and believe me i heard enough of it today like oh apparently you don't have to be good at this game to be an analyst and i actually hate the tag analyst because analyst implies that like I'm really breaking down the gameplay and providing something groundbreaking. No, that's the color commentator's job. I'm just the idiot that tells you what's happening and hypes it up. There's yeah. a very big difference between play-by-play and analysis. And I've I've asked a couple of times, like, hey, can can it just say Rival Series Caster? Because then it doesn't give off this impression impression that I'm smart. And I can get away with more things. But uh, this guy goes, you, you ever going to play defense? Like, okay, this is the kind of guy we're, we're teamed up with. We score, we tie the game. Great. Uh, and then uh, he's at midfield. Ball is coming back uh, towards him. He doesn't really have a good play on it. I think I'm on my way. Yeah, I'm on my way back. Kind of circling around and starting to come up because... You know, if this ball comes off the side wall and out kind of flat, I've got a pretty good play on it. Guy on the other team comes up, hits the ball off of our guy who was just flaming me for not playing defense. Of course, it bounces off the top of his car, flies over me. I look at it like a total doofus. It goes into our now open net because he had uh, he had turned around on it. And, and then he just goes, oh, you ball chasers, rotate. And I'm like... You kidding me? You just own gold like a total geek. What are you talking about? That's my first placement game of the new season. And it perfectly illustrates almost everything we have talked about tonight. I can't I can't really remember right now. I feel like I hit this like a dead horse. And if you are already a fan of this podcast, let me just say thank you for making it this far and continuing to listen. I appreciate your support. And as we move forward, I think you will find that some things I I beat to death, but I just find them so important and they come up with different conversations. I mean, Stax and I have never really talked about Rocket League um, in, in, a, in a deep fashion or really at all. Um, thank you again for coming on and, and being willing to have this conversation with me. But 
it's I find it so important to just take responsibility for the game. And again, just going back to what I said previously, like if you don't take responsibility, if you're blaming other people, if you are just looking at your teammates as the reason that you're losing games, you should not be playing the game at all. Like get into a better mindset, get into free play, go play some bots, go do something else, but you cannot go through this game and and be successful or as successful as you possibly could be looking at your teammates is the reason that you're not winning games. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the line from rounders? If you look at the table and you can't tell who the fish is, guess what? It's you. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and owning up to that, it, it changes the game so much because it puts you in control. It puts you in control of the game and winning and, and losing. And if you take responsibility for losing and making mistakes, that's when you open the door to actually improving at the game of Rocket League. Could not have said it any better myself. I know, right? That just got really serious. You, you should you should quote that, copyright it, trademark it. We'll be putting that on. I know. You put that on a shirt. It'd be great. I know, right? Merch. It'll be it'll be here by episode ten. Probably not, but. All right, sign me up. Be on the be on the All right, there's my first sale. So, Stacks, before we uh shut the door on this episode, I'd be curious to know since you since you live in that Diamond 3, Champ 1, Champ 2 range, uh what would you what would you say is the thing that you see in your games that people could improve on the most? Uh or like really focus on to be a better teammate or a better Rocket League player so that they can move up in the ranks. Or maybe like when you're playing uh, with teammates that are better than you, what do you see in them that you don't see in your own game that you feel like you could add to improve? Uh, really two things. The, the first and maybe most importantly is uh, don't try to be the hero. And also, or don't always try to be the hero. I mean, sometimes you have to be, but also, uh, and actually, no, this is more important. Uh, play with a purpose, you know, move with a purpose. If you're going to touch the ball, try to put it somewhere rather than just hitting it away and then playing that dump and chase strategy, because while it's good for relieving pressure, if you throw the ball towards the net that is very obviously defended and it's not a very strong shot at all you've basically turned the ball over and you know you have passed it to the defense and what i don't see nearly enough of is players willing to instead of passing up a low quality shot throw it up off the backboard make the defense waste some boost even if you don't score, you've put them in a much worse position. And you see that all the time in pro play. It doesn't work there because the backboard is so well defended. But at the rank you and I play at, backboard defense almost doesn't exist. And I, I feel yes. like you could, uh, you could skyrocket your MMR just by throwing the ball off the backboard and letting somebody go get it. Or... 
throw it up for yourself and start working on some of those high angle double touches, aerial shots, uh, whatever to attack from above. Because I, I think at this rank, that's uh, that makes you 10 times better than most other people in the lobby. Or take two seconds and look to the middle of the field to see if you can get a pass off yep. or get it to somebody uh, for a shot. Because a shot from the center of the field, you have the entire goal, whereas from the side of the field, which in our rank you're usually coming from, you don't have as much goal to work with. Yeah, take take your, your mindset. When you're in the center of the field waiting for a pass that never comes, think about that. And then remember that every time you have the ball on the wing or on the side and you don't pass it to the center where your teammate, just like you earlier, is now waiting to blast one into what is probably going to be an open net because the two guys in the net both went to the corner because see ball hit ball. Yeah, totally. That's I, I really like the way that you said that. When you were sitting in the middle of the field, wanting the pass, think about when you're the guy on the side with the ball. That's classic. Yeah. All right. Those were very good. Any any other last final thoughts or words uh, that you would like to to end on? Um, boy, now now I'm really on the spot. I can come up with something profound or prophetic and not pathetic. This is, um, this is like Jerry's last words. Oh, I know, right? Uh, when you see me in ranked and I have that rival series analyst tag, don't assume that means I'm any good at the game. You and I are the same rank for a reason. I am just like you. Take it easy on me and please carry me. I'm actually kind of surprised that we've never run into right? each other. Do you play U.S. West or East? East. Oh, you play East? Then I am very shocked that we have not run into yeah. each other. Because, I mean, especially the past few months I've been playing a lot. Uh, but I think you stay up a little bit later than I do. Yes, so that I might, do. You know, that might Like we're recording part this, of it. it's just switched over to 1118. I probably still have another couple hours of Rocket League at some point later on tonight left in me. Yeah, I have bed. <laughs> hey, also very appealing. Very, very important. Especially at and, my age. Uh, yeah, leads leads to good Rocket League for the future if you're well-rested. Yes. Well, uh, again, Stax, thank you so much for uh, coming and joining me here on the podcast. It was very enjoyable um, and valuable. Uh, I hope that you have been able to get something out of it as well. Uh, and before we sign off, if somebody wanted to uh, follow you or see what you got going on, let everybody know uh, what events you have coming up since you are you know, a caster in some things. What, what kind of things might we be able to see you on? And then if you want to throw out any social media stuff that somebody might not already be aware of where where can people find you uh well go to your uh, muted accounts list and take stacks rl off of it and then uh, you can also find me uh for the uh, past few seasons i've done the uh the rival series the info for that in the upcoming season isn't public yet so the answer i give everybody is 
if I'm doing something, I'll tell you I'm not. And if I'm not doing something, I will tell you I'm not. Uh, but by the time this comes out, uh, it will be DreamHack weekend, I believe. And uh, I will be trying to make my way up to Montreal. But if not, then um, maybe something will have been announced by then. We'll see. All right. Well, very, uh, very, very, I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah, you, you just have to wait and see. Either I am bluffing or I'm telling the truth. And you won't really know unless you find out. And you have to wait <laughs> to find out. It's very weird. You wanted me to come up with something profound. I have come up with something profoundly stupid to end the show. I think that accomplished your goal to some extent if you look at it a certain way. But, uh, yeah, this is the guy who uh, has been paid to tell you all the story of Rocket League once upon a time at some point in the Rival series. We're really setting the bar really low. Or really high. (laughs) You might have to be really high to understand some of the things I say, yes. (laughs) Well, You can tell it is late. And with that being said, everybody, thank you again for tuning in to the Grand Champ Chasing. Uh, man, you've ruined oh, me that, too. I don't. Oh, you, I don't even. I don't even know where I am anymore. Eighty minutes into this, you have spent way too much time with me. Yes. Thank you again for listening to Chasing Grand Champ. If you are interested, even if he doesn't want you to, go follow Stacks. Uh, he's a good dude for coming on and does share in some decent banner on the internet about Rocket League. Uh, so check into that. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at ChasingGCPod. That's ChasingGCPod. Uh, and now we are officially basically everywhere the podcasts are found. So if you enjoy some kind of crazy app that isn't already uh, throwing out our podcast, please let me know. I've added a few here recently and and I'm happy to add more. Um, one thing that I would suggest, if you have a question for future guests, uh, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up, hit me up on Twitter, and I might be able to sneak that in. I don't like really revealing our next guest, my next guest, because I don't always know who they're going to be. Uh, and I kind of future record or record and then put them out later. So the timing isn't necessarily good. And then another cool thing that you can do is download the anchor app anchor, like something that you throw in the water, a N C H O R check that out. You can actually leave me a voice message that I could potentially put into a future episode, whether it be a good question or just a comment about the show. I have yet to receive one. And I would love to start using that feature because I think it's really cool. So download that app, check it out. It's available in iTunes or excuse me, the app store and the Google play store for free. Uh, It's really cool. And I would just like to say four episodes in, I haven't even put out the third episode and we're just short of 200 plays, downloads, streams, however you want to look at it. 
I'm so grateful for the response and the enthusiasm and the feedback that I've gotten for the show so far. Uh, it just means a lot to me that I had this idea and people have gotten behind it and really enjoyed it. And I'm really looking forward to the future. So thank you so much for that. I think that's all that I have. Stacks, one last time, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you coming on and chatting with me. We will have to do an update sometime in the future to see how things are going for the both of us, hopefully. You know, I, I would hopefully like to think that sometime, whether it's 12 or 13, we'll both be knocking at the door of GC as well. Uh, I need to I need to get one of those titles sometime. And uh, with that, I'm cutting it off. Thanks so much, guys. See you soon. Go Black Bears. <laughs>